Attend the world's best business workshop led by America's number one business coach for free by subscribing on iTunes and leaving us an objective review. Claim your tickets by emailing us proof that you did it and your contact information to info at thrivetimeshow.com. Dr. Z, I want to ask you this question. Never asked this question on radio before. Okay, fire, you, fire away. Are you a fan of street performers? Because I'm telling you, I love, I love the street performers in New York City. I love those guys. I love the street performers in Vegas. I don't even want to go to see a show. Every time Vanessa wants to go see a show or go see the circus, something Olay, you know, you want to go see the circus, you want to go see a Broadway. I'd rather watch the guy beat the buckets. I love those guys. Do you love those guys? I, I, I love those guys too. And the thing about it is, uh, did you ever see that uh, the YouTube video of that very famous violinist, very fam- world famous, he's in the um, train station in New York. Yo, yo, just ma. playing, just playing. Yo, yo, ma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cello. Yeah, you watch your mouth. It was a cello. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was unbelievable. But um, and then the, nobody. I mean, people pay thousands of dollars to see him. I mean, right. He's in the and people just walking by him like, like you know, it's not even there. It's a, it's a crazy video, but I I respect that because to me that is exactly the kind of DNA we're trying to instill upon people. In other words, hey, go make some money. That's pure entrepreneurism. Capitalism. I love. I tell Vanessa I'm a hustler. I love. I love to see somebody hustle. I love to see him work. I, lo- I love that grind. It's fun to see. Yeah. Now here's what happens: is uh, Ben Horowitz wrote a book called "The Hard Things About Hard Things." And Chep, I want to put on the show notes. I have it here in the in my little uh, man cave library here. But th- he, this guy started a company called Opsware, and what he talks about, and I I love this because um, it, it's it's Z. It's kind of like the dirty secret of entrepreneurship. But Ben Horowitz is talking about. Uh, what happens is he reads these self-help books and he says every time that he reads a self-help book, every time he, he reads one, he says, I, I love the book. I love the concept. But th- that wasn't the hard part. The hard part is when you when the people who are, uh, you know, that you hire, they start to become entitled. Oh, yeah, that's that's the worst. And I'm sure you've never seen this, but it's where the people you hired become entitled. And so this, oh, yeah. I'm going to read you his notable quotable. He says, every time I read a, a management or self-help book, I find myself saying, that's fine. But that wasn't really the hard thing about the situation. I'm tapping into my inner, inner, inner Joel Osteen. Here we go. The hard thing isn't setting a big, hairy, audacious goal. The hard thing is laying people off when you miss the big goal. When you miss it. The hard thing isn't hiring great people. The hard thing is when those... Great people. Great people develop a sense of entitlement and start demanding unreasonable things. The hard thing isn't setting up an organizational chart. The hard thing is getting people to communicate within the organizational chart that you've designed. This is Joel Osteen having a breakdown. The hard thing isn't dreaming big. The hard thing is when waking up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat when the dream turns into a nightmare. All right. All right. All right. All right. So I want to I want to ask you this. Pastor. I got my story. I want, okay, let's go to you first. But let's go to the story because this is like every entrepreneur out there has 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 lived this, and you right. say, "Oh my!" And for the new entrepreneurs out there, they they're just now they're they're living this for the first time. Tell the story, my friend. Well, I, you know, I have uh, two optometry offices, and I have multiple doctors that work for me. And so one day, one of the doctors came up and said, "Hey, I'm going to give you my 30 day notice. My husband got transferred to another city." And since I want to stay married to him, I'm going to go live in that city with him. Therefore, I'm not going to be able to work for you. 
And your inner dialogue is probably, okay, seems reasonable. Seems reasonable. Seems so, well, our deal is a 30-day notice either way. Thank right? you. Thank, the, thank you. Thank you very much. You've been a Appreciate great, you, you haven't burned any bridges. If you guys are ever back in Tulsa, Tulsa. please give me a holler if you need inner a job. Inner dialogue, though, you're inner thinking, dialogue. okay, you know, it's a little stressful. Okay, I lost a, a good person. But i got to find she, another doctor. She's have a ethical. Month. Right, right, right. Yeah, sure. So later on that afternoon, I get another one of my doctors. Knock on the door. Hey, uh, Zeke, can I talk to you for a second? I said, hey, uh, sure. Yeah. So, Doc, I want to talk to you real quick. Hey. I want to, want to, don't want to, pr- I want to high pressure you, but I'm just telling you. It's, this a, it's is... a woman, so that's a little strange. Dr. Because... Lou here. What's yeah. Dr. Lou? Yeah. This is, hey, Dr. Zelda, <laughs> what's going on? I'm so good. You know, she we, comes we... in and says, Hey, I heard the news about Dr. So and so is leaving in a month. It's an unfortunate situation. It's an unfortunate situation. She goes, That's, uh, that's going to put you in a little bit of a bind. I said, Well, you know, I'll find somebody. And she says, Well, you know, this probably isn't the best timing, but if I don't get a raise and get my schedule Listen changed... Listen here, honey. This is not probably the best situation. I'm just telling you I'm this. Just telling you. I have an opportunity right now when you lost another optometrist. I'm not trying to put you in a bind here, but I'm just saying. Yeah, no, and I know it's it's t- it's a tough time for you anyway, but if I don't get these two demands, then I'm going to have to put in my notice too, okay? And what did I do? I smiled, my biggest smile. I said, you know what? You deserve a raise. You're right. This is amazing. I knew you was a good person. You're such a nice guy, Z. That schedule change that you want, I think, is a great idea. In fact, let's implement both of those starting this week. I'm so glad we had this conversation. That was easy. Yeah. And in my mind, my inner dialogue was what? You're fired. I just can't say it quite yet. I love him, Dr. Zelna. He gives me raises. I go in, I use... Ex- I, I ask use, for it, I get it. I, I ask for it, I get it. I use blackmail techniques that Extortion. are only used by the mob. But he says, yes, he's a great guy. So I went and hired not one, but two Why new optometrists. two optometrists? Because I had two positions to fill. <laughs> but you had one person already working. Oh, contraire. But then when they showed up to start working, I called her in the office and said, hey, hey, hey can you come up here for a second? She popped in best mood. Yeah, what's up? It's good to see you, Dr. Zelda. He's the raise giver. <laughs> I looked at her and I said, this is going to save you hours. If you're listening right now, listen to this. This is going to save you hours. This is all that you say when you fire someone. Nothing more, nothing less. She came in and I said, you know, a month ago when you came in and kind of pressed me up for that raise I in the schedule. I do recall that conversation. Right, we kind of a joint thing. So I mean, sweet. you obviously you were was, happy with it. You so. were so nice to me. <laughs> you remind me of, you remind me of my grandchild. <laughs> my grandfather, Yes. <laughs> And I looked at her and I said, "You're you, you, that day you were fired. I just couldn't tell you, but you're fired, and it, things are not just things my are not working out." My grandchild was much sweeter than this. He was, he was. What do you mean by that? Do I get to work outside? Is the this key, an outside the, yes, management? Yes, I just upgraded you to a customer. So I'm working uh, from home. This is ooh, amazing. It's amazing. So the key words were, "It's just not working out." Now she kind of knew the reasons why, obviously, but most employees what? will want to get into an argument with you, try to figure out why they're getting fired. But you gave Barry a raise. There you go. So that's, I think, a pretty epic. And and the key the key takeaway on that is is do what's best for your what the filter is what's best for the business. And it wasn't best for the business for me to fire her that day, um, because then we would have been one short. For a while until I could get someone hired. Now, as a pastor of a church, Pastor Jesse, you're a great, uh, 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 I say great. I, I don't want to throw the word, the word great. You are a diligent person who you and your husband started a church from nothing with a budget of, I don't know, zero dollars, working all the time to grow a church with now has a thousand folks uh, attending. Uh, have you ever had somebody take advantage of the fact that, of them, them knowing that they were quote unquote irreplaceable? 
Oh, yes, absolutely. They just think that they, especially when you first um, come on onto a team of people or you plant a church from scratch, everybody thinks that they have the answer for how the culture should be and what should be going on, and they hold you hostage. I'm going to do this work if you'll do it my way. I'm going to do this work if you'll keep me. I'm going to, you know, it's a constant. It's a constant battle. Help the pastor out there that says, I just don't want to fire anybody. Because Christ would forgive somebody. I mean, Moses killed a man and got put in charge of many men, right? I mean, David had some faux pas. I mean, everybody who's without sin. I mean, what for the person who's struggling with that? Yes. Well, I think that there are things in people that we can deal with, and there are deal breakers, just like in every relationship. And uh, whenever you find out that there's a deal breaker, you got to go for it. I, I like to, I like to, I like to talk about it in this regard because I grew up in a church, and my older sister was five years ahead of me. So there were other kids pastors, other youth pastors that were her kids pastors and her youth pastors, and then I came along, and I had kids pastors and youth pastors. Now, when she came along. Every single kids pastor and youth pastor that she had was very bad at their job, and they were holding everyone hostage. When we come back from the break, I want you to share the rest of this story, because how do you manage a team of people that might be holding you hostage when you are, in fact, the leader of the business? Stay tuned. And now, broadcasting from the center of the universe and the Thrive15.com world headquarters, it's the Thrive Time Show. And welcome back to the conversation. It is the Thrive Time Show on your radio and podcast download. And for anybody tuning into the show for the first time, one of the things that we like to do on the show is we like to gather people that have already made uh, mistakes, people that have already... Wow, wow, Z, are you getting crazy over there on the sound effects there? Is it- I'm, I'm sorry, yes, I just got a little excited. <laughs> He's just dancing over Was here. Was Michael just, Jackson? Yeah. Just got a little, got a little, got a little... Okay. Yeah, but now they got well, kind of funky. He's I mean, it just that happens. I respect that. I mean, Everybody just tuning in for the first time, what we like to do is, one, Dr. Z likes to cue up uh, random Michael Jackson sound effects just to see if I'm actually listening to the, the monitor speakers here. Don't you try to cage that beast. He's gonna- but, but also, <laughs> but also we like to, to get people it. who have gone where you want to go, right? Because you can either learn from mentors or mistakes. And so Pastor Jesse, Pastor, Pastor Jesse Gibson, uh, her and her husband have grown a church from zero people to uh, north of a thousand people and uh, you've dealt with when employees or teammates are holding you hostage and somebody out there is listening somebody out there who is listening is a pastor of a church and you can relate to this because you have a very very talented person who understands that they are they are quote quote unquote irreplaceable and so they're starting to ask for unreasonable things so pastor Jesse back to your story about people who were once reasonable now requesting irreasonable things and things that are not reasonable and kind of become holding you hostage as the leader of the church. Well, I was I was sharing that my sister, when she grew up, she's five years older than me, had kids, pastors, youth pastors that weren't so great at their job. And then I came along and other guys were in those spots in the same church. So forever, I will be grateful because I had this amazing experience in my kids, pastors and in my youth pastors. And my sister kind of looks at me and gets really ticked off and says, I can't believe you got those guys and I got those other guys. <laughs> and so we laugh about it all the time because it's like, thank God that they were replaced. And so when we're dealing with it in church, there is a time. I mean, obviously. 
obviously you don't want to cut off your nose to spite your face, but there is a time and they'll just stay there and stay there and stay there and they'll be asking for things and asking for things. So what we'll do is go ahead and release them into their destiny because obviously they are not happy working at our church at this point. And so we'll go ahead and just like release them out there. And then immediately we want to make sure that that department looks amazing. So we'll add something incredible. I I never want to put a guest on a a situation where you never feel like I'm uh, asking you a gotcha question. So I'm not going to do that, but I want to tee this up. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Now, I know you've memorized the entire Bible when you went to college, but um, it's the parable of the talents. And the parable of the talents, as I recall, this is how I read it as a non-pastor, just as a person who attends a church. I read it and I thought to myself, oh no. It seems as though, again, in in the Bible, they, they kind of, the Bible, God shares stories and he's trying to demonstrate a point. But it's it's somebody who was given talents, giving uh, given uh, certain things, and they did not invest them wisely. And can you kind of share that 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 story? Because I think there's somebody out there listening who's um, struggling with this idea. But in the Bible, it's very clear. And I just and I, again, I I'm not asking you to quote word for word this the parable of the talents. But what is that story about overall? I mean, the the concept of this overall. There's an owner who ha- uh, who hands out talents or um, coins, we'll say, to these um, different people that work for him. And he says, here to one, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but we'll give two, and to one we'll give five, and to another we'll give ten. And then I want you to go see what you can do with the talents that you have. And then they took them, and some of them used them. And because they used them, and they used them wisely, they came back and they said, we won, we did great, everything's booming. And the owner said, well, then, because you you did that, I'm going to give you more. But then there was this one guy. And you don't want to be that guy. And he just buried it under the ground because he was so afraid, I don't know, of what the owner would think of him if he didn't win, of losing, of not pushing for. I don't know what he was afraid of, but he was afraid. And he might have been a little lazy, so he just put it under the ground and he buried it. And whenever he came back to the owner, the owner, who is obviously God in this story, said, I'm going to take what you had, and I'm going to give it to the guy who went to work. See, I'm going to read uh, Matthew 25, uh, 21 through uh, 30. So you can go ahead and uh, pack a lunch here, but I'm going to read it to you, and I'd like for you to break this down from your perspective as a business guy. Break it down. 21 says, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of the master. And he also said, who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. I went and hid your talent in the ground, as Pastor Jesse said. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own interest. So take the talent from him. And so I take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. For to me, or for for to everyone who has, will more be given. And he 
will have an abundance. But for the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. The darkness. The darkness. The darkness. In other words, fight your fire. And cast the worthless servant into the darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Seems kind of harsh. Z, break it down. You're not, you're not a theologian. You're not a pastor. What does that mean in the world of business? In the world of business. Well, we are all, if you own a business, you're the master. And you are in that guy's roles. And that's exactly what we do. As an employee does well, we promote them. As an employee does well, we give them more money. You know, my managers didn't start off being my managers. They worked their way up to the managers, okay? And so that is that is a principle that is used in every business and every day. Now, there's a little bit deeper thing in there, too, that I want to really, if you're listening out there and you own a business, I want to really speak this over you. And that is, is that the master wasn't the nicest of guys. He wasn't a good leader in some regards. Wait a minute, words, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He, he, You're saying the master wasn't the nicest of guys? Yes. And I'm telling you, if you want to be the best leader and, and have your people. So he, the, the, the one servant said, I was, I was in fear. I saw the way you, you know, the way you live. And I was fearful. You know, and if you're living out there and you're not being the best leader and you're not loving your people and you're not being a good example to them of, of what you want them to look like to you, then I would encourage you to do that. So it's 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 not the leader. It's not the, the master's fault, but he did have some, con, you know, he did contribute to that situation. So if you're not being a good leader and you expect your people to be good employees, you, you might have to rethink that a little bit. There's this little story about Adam and Eve. Some of you think it's just a, a random story that's not true. You think yeah. it's just kind of a. But a lot of people do believe it to be literal. Uh, I'm somebody who believes it to be literal, but it's the idea is that, you know, Adam, hey, don't eat from this tree. Eve, don't eat from this tree. If you do, I'm kicking you out of the garden. But Pastor Jesse, uh, when, uh, you know, Adam did eat from the fruit he wasn't supposed to eat from, and Eve did eat from the fruit she wasn't supposed to eat from, God kicked them out. True. And I don't recall God uh, inspiring the people to write down enormous amounts of verses uh, articulating that God then felt guilty. Absolutely not. A good leader does what's best for the the entire place, not just and and God is a good leader. So I, I mean, as a as a pastor of a church, you have to do what's best for the church, what's best for the congregation, not what's just best for one person that wants to do their thing. Chup, we tell clients yeah. all the time, do what's best for your brand. Can you explain to me how doing what what is best for your brand might not might not even feel like the best thing to do for you right now as the owner? Yeah, and and I'll even tie it back into the, the the stuff we just went over, and that what comes to mind whenever we were going over that is the thought of over deliver and you'll soon be overpaid. Come on now, does that make sense? Come Napoleon on Hill and, said, and, "Over right. deliver and you'll soon be overpaid." Right, and that ties into you know the, the best thing you can, the most selfish thing you can do as a business owner, as a pastor, as whoever is over deliver to your people and your clients. They're going to be wowed, and then they're going to become apostles of your church or your business, and they're going to spread the word. And the people that don't do that, who deliver less than is expected, not good. It works. The, it works the same way. The tree. See, <laughs> will you talk to me about pruning for a second? Because I, I, tree pruning. He's a green thumb. My wife just pruned our magnolia tree up front, and, oh, how I, and I got emotional. I, I was going, "There's so many good branches underneath." I'm serious. I I was a little bit alarmed by how much. I feel like our tree was nude. Well, <laughs> I feel like our tree was a, a, a virtuous female tree, and now it was nude. I just, I was like, hey, oh my, oh my, oh my, lions <laughs> and tigers and bears. Oh my. Well, pruning is when you remove part of the plant to get it to grow, to you know, to stimulate it to produce more for the next year, the next growing season. So it seems kind of weird. It's like you're saying, I'm going to cut, 
limbs off to get it to produce more fruit. Yes, that's that is the concept, and it works, and that's why people prune. And we come back, we're going to talk about optimizing your website, which is oh, probably going to require wow. you to prune your website, remove the things that don't work, but you've spent a lot of time on. Things you've invested a lot of time on that don't work. I mean, we've got to help you get to the top of the Google search engine. Stay tuned. as the Thrive Time Show on your radio. We're talking search engine optimization when we return.